questions come my way. Where did Cain and Esau get their wives? Their sisters. They just didn't mention a lot about women that were born back then. All right. So uh, I love questions about the Bible. As we go through the Bible, my favorite story is Joseph. But the one I identify the most with is a topic that I'm going to speak on today. Everybody that is 30 and under, would you just stand? 30 and under. All right. All right. Wonderful. My message today is for you. I'm going to speak to you like a father to a son, to try, or to a daughter, get myself in trouble, to try to set you up for success. If you listen, the Lord will bless you. If you don't listen, one day you're going to remember this message and say, Oh God, help me to learn from my mistakes. Pray for a teachable heart. That's the greatest thing you can pray for when you're young. Make me teachable. So you may be seated, all right? The rest of you can listen. But today I'm going to talk about something, a law that is in our world that God created, both in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. It's something that you've probably heard the world put their own words to. Some people say, what goes around... Some people say, you made your bed? Some people say, you only get what you... Some people call it the law of reciprocity. The Bible says it's the law of sowing and reaping. And it really comes under the umbrella of my title, the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. You can't stop it. You can't pray against it. You can use it for good. You can use it for evil. It is something that God established not to hurt you, but to prosper you. But if you use it in the wrong, young people, it will come back on you. All right? A wise person is teachable and learns from the wisdom of others. A wiser person listens to the mistakes of older people and learns from them without having to repeat them. You can do both. We're going to learn from the mistakes of Jacob today. Jacob is the greatest illustration of the law of harvest and how not to live your life. He had God in his life. God blessed him. However, he went through a very difficult path. So turn in your Bibles to Genesis 29, and then we're going to go over to Genesis 37, all right? So Janelle, we're going to do two things, Genesis 29, and then we'll go to 37. We're going to start with Genesis 29, 16. All right? Genesis 29, 16, you can read along behind me if you like. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder daughter was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Now Leah's eyes were delicate. She was blue-eyed, all right? In the King James, it means weak. Those of us that have blue eyes, they're delicate, they're weak. So she was a pretty blue-eyed woman. 
Rachel was beautiful form and appearing. She was a prettier daughter, younger daughter. Now, Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. Verse 20, so Jacob served seven years Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love which he had for her. Aren't you glad, men, we don't have to work seven years for our wives today? I'm telling you. Boy, we've, things have gotten better. <laughs> so, let's. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go in to her. All right? I'm going to marry her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast, had a wedding, had a reception. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her, and Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah. So it happened, it came to pass in the morning that, behold, Leah and not Rachel. He said to Laban, his father-in-law, what is this that you have done to me? Was not it for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? Why do you think he was deceived? Because he did the same. All right. Let's go to Genesis 37 now, please, Janelle. Genesis 37. Genesis 37, 31 to 35. This is the story of Joseph. He was a young boy. He was a little, a little cocky, a little prideful. And he was bragging on the dreams and the visions that God had given him to his brothers. His brothers got tired of it. They got mad. They beat him up, threw him in a pit. They were going to kill him. And instead of killing him, they sold him as a slave. The oldest brother said, I'm a dead man. I'm the oldest. I'm responsible. What happens to my siblings? And so this is the background. And so what they did is verse 31. So they took Joseph's tunic and they killed the kid of the goat and they dipped the tunic in blood. And then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father, Jacob. And they said, we have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it, and he said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him, and without doubt Joseph is torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave uh, to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had sold him, Joseph, in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Amen. Bow your heads with me, would you? Father, as I speak to these young people today, to these young ladies and these young men, I pray that you would give them an ear that would hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, that I would be able to impart your word to set them up, Lord, for blessing, success, prosperity, and not pain, sorrow, and heartbreak. Help us to learn what you want us to learn from the story of Jacob, that we could learn from his mistakes and not have to repeat it. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said...
The law of harvest is easily evidenced in our land. Uh, in the farming community, if you ever grew up on a farm, I worked on a farm for a few years, you just know there are certain things. If you plant an apple seed, apples are going to come up, not oranges. If you plant corn, cabbages are not going to come up. All right? It's just not going to happen. It's the law of the harvest. What you sow, you will reap. All right? Very important. But it's also true in every realm. Financially, maritally, relationally, college. You can't hear me? Turn me up just a little bit, Joe, if you would, please. Thank you very much. In every area of life, this law works. And it brings order because that's what God wants. God wants order. He wants you to know, young people, that he's given you the power to sow some good seed in your future. And he's given you the power to sow some bad seed into your future. But you will decide. All right? Hebrews 9 says it's appointed unto men once to die, then comes a judgment. And the Lord will say, what did you do with the life that I gave you? What did you do? All right? So the first aspect of the law of the harvest, number one, if you put it up there, you young people, young ladies, you will reap what you sow in this life. All right? It's a divine law. And it's not only working for the agrarian society of the farm, it not only works in the commercial and in the economy, it not only works educationally and academically, it works spiritually in the spirit world as well. Very important you understand this. You can't get rid of this law. Don't fight it. Use it for good. All right? The next verse, Paul was writing to some Galatian Christians, and they were doing things that they should not have done. And they thought they could get away with it, as young people under 30 sometimes think that they can get away with things. And he says, do not be deceived, young people. God is not mocked. Read the next part with me. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to the flesh, lust, greed, anger, bitterness, shall of the flesh reap corruption, brokenness, broken health, hard, hardness. But he who, he who sows to the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, righteousness, shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life here and then up there. You can have it here. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. All right? Very important that we understand this. So God help us to sow good things. The next verse, Job was talking to his friends that weren't very nice to him at times, but sometimes they would speak truth. And they said this. One of them said, even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble, what? Can't escape it. You can sow bad seed and treat people like dirt. It's going to come back. Or you can sow good seed and treat people like you would a king. That will come back. You have the power in you, young people, to sow 
bad or good seed. You need to know this. Paul talks about this in a financial aspect. Let's go to the next verse. To the Corinthians. The Corinthians was a very giving church. And they gave to the Apostle Paul and they, they, they gave to the problems of poverty happening because of a, um, a famine that was happening in Jerusalem. And he said to them, let me young people, he said to them, he who sows sparingly, we're talking money, will reap sparingly. You, you give a little bit of money to God, God's going to give you a little bit more back. But if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Understand this, young people. While you are young, hear me, please. Get my wisdom. While you are young, learn how to tithe and give money to the Lord so that when you make 10000 12000 16000 it will not be a problem if God trusts you with 100000 200000 $300,000. I've taught this my whole life in a ministry. My last church, my two boys are prospering, and there's a couple other families where the young kids, listen to me, one works on the F-35, you know, an F-35 fighter. He works at, makes good, yeah, you know, don't you, John? <laughs> he makes great money because he listened to me at a young age. Tithe on your allowance. Tithe on that first job. Sow seeds, sow seeds, because it's going to come back. It'll bless you. It'll help you. It also gets greed out of your life. Young people, do it while you're young. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those who he can trust. I've been telling my boys, and I speak to you, girls and boys, listen to me. God is looking to trust people with millions of dollars that will funnel a lot of it, not all of it, funnel a lot of it through the church of Jesus Christ. Would you not like to be one of them? Man, if you only knew what my boys make, the financial blessing is just amazing. And the bonuses, it's amazing. But I know why. Because they sow good seed. Not now. They sowed it when they were six, seven, and eight. When Cindy and I made them give. And then we said, the law works. It works financially. It works marriage-wise. It works in school, academically. How many of you know if you're going to get a good job, you've got to study hard? You've got to sow good seeds. You can't be out partying. Told my kids, pay now, play later, play now, pay later. Everybody pays. So pay now. Pay the price now so you can begin to play earlier in an early retirement. But if you go to college and university, all you do is play. Listen to me, Mark. Don't play. Pay the price. Pay the price. And then, when the Lord blesses you with a great job, then you can play. You reap what you sow. Amen. Number two. Let's talk. Let's go back to Jacob. In this law of the harvest, you not only reap what you sow in life, but number two, you reap in kind of what you sow. How many know what that means? You sow gossip, you stab someone in the back, you talk behind someone's back, that same kind of seed that you're sowing is going to what? It's going to come right back to you. You want to know why Jacob woke up one day and said, you're not my wife. How many have been reading? You remember how he deceived his father? 
he wanted his father's blessing, so he went out and he killed the goat. And his mother was in on this whole heist there. And he took the goat fur and he put the goat fur because his brother Esau was a hairy man. So he put goat fur on his head, put it on his back, and he went up to his father and he asked his father to bless him. And he deceived him. He deceived him. All right? And he said to his father, let's go to the verse, please. He wanted his father's blessing, which is for the firstborn, and Jacob was not the firstborn. So Jacob said to his father, and his father was, was blind. He couldn't see. I am Esau. Lie number. You're firstborn. Lie number. I have done just as you told me. Lie number. Now arise and bless me. And he got his father's blessing, even though he did it deceitfully. Now, you know what happened. His father-in-law's Laban. His father-in-law lied to him, said, oh, we have this custom. I can't marry off my younger daughter until I marry off my oldest daughter. Whatever. You still deceived him, right? So Jacob has this party. I'm sure he was drinking that night. He wakes up the next morning and realizes, you're not Rachel. Now, because of that story, there is a tradition with Israelis and Americans today that when we marry a woman, they come down, this is true, you can laugh, this is, they come down with this veil, and before we do the vows and say I do, what do we do? I want to make sure I'm getting <laughs> what I'm bargaining for here. It's true. It goes right back to the story. Why you would marry anyone with a veil on their, I, you know, just can't imagine. But it's true. That's what they do today. You lift the veil, and it's like, yep, this is the one I love. This is the one. So as the story goes, as you read the Bible, Jacob starts working for his father-in-law, and God's blessing Jacob. Even though he was lying and deceitful, Jacob means supplanter, means deceiver, means liar, means cheat. That's what it means, all right? But God was blessing him. And God started blessing Jacob more than his father-in-law who he's working for. So his father-in-law was getting mad, saying, Why is God blessing you and all your sheep and flocks and goats more than mine? So hostility came in, and then Laban's brothers, Jacob's brother-in-laws, started copping an attitude with him. So Jacob's like, I'm out of here. I got my two wives, and then their handmaidens, four wives, I got my... 12 kids, I'm out of here. So he takes off. He doesn't even ask Laban for, or Laban for permission. He leaves, and Laban finds out about it, and he's furious. And he rises and chases him down, and after three days, right before he catches up, God comes to him in a dream, and he says, don't you put a hand on Jacob, or you're a dead man. Even though Jacob's a lying, cheating, stealing, deceit, supplanter, I still love him. That's what God was saying. It's a good place for an amen. <laughs> I still love that man. I still love that man. And don't you put a hand on him. So if you know the story, they catch up, and uh, Laban says, what's the big idea, you 
taken off my daughters and my grandchildren and you know I would have done a big party I would have done a big party and sent you off but you took a, and let alone you not only took my daughters and my granddaughters you stole my gods I remember reading that I'm really glad that no one can steal your god <laughs> you stole my gods I want my gods and Jacob's like what are you talking about I didn't steal your god why would I steal your god you look through the camp and if you can find my gods you deal with the person well, you know who stole the gods? His daughter, Rachel. So Rachel, you ladies, you, you, you got to put yourself in the pain of Leah being given to a man who didn't want you. Can you imagine that? And then you got to put yourself into the position of Rachel, who was promised, but your father lied and cheated. So Rachel takes these false gods, these idols, puts it under this saddle, puts a blanket over it, she sits on the saddle, and her dad comes whipping into the tent looking for it, and she says, Dad, I'm of the woman's customary impurity, my monthly, please don't make me stand. And he goes, it's okay, honey, you don't have to stand. I'm going to find my gods. So what was she doing to her dad? And why did she do that to him? Because he did that to her. You reap in kind of what you sow. Same stuff. Young people sow good seeds. Sow kindness. Sow truth. Proverbs 4. Buy the truth and sell it not. Don't be a man of compromise. Be a man of integrity. Be a woman of integrity. Even if it costs you something to be truthful. Don't be a liar. A deceiver. Try not to do that. It will catch up to you. Now, you reap in kind. Jacob went and killed the goat. Put that fur on his neck and on his hands. And then Jacob, several years later, their kids deceived him and they went and killed the goat and used the blood as the false blood of Joseph. Isn't that interesting? Jacob killed the goat, used the goat to deceive his father, and then his own children killed the goat to deceive him. You reap what you sow in life. You reap in kind what you sow. You decide the seed. You decide the seed. God help us, you know, just to protect ourselves and put seed in. You know, there's a saying, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, they used to say that about computers, but now, you know, the, the technology has changed so much. Garbage coating in, garbage coating out. Viruses in, viruses out. Good coating in, good coating out. Listen, it's the same with you. What you put in, what you put in your life, what you put in there, it's eventually going to come out. And you have to guard yourself, young people. It's not just sowing good seeds. It's watching. Remember the old song, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. We can't help but to walk in a defiled world where we hear things we wish we wouldn't hear. We see things that we can't stop the first look, but we can stop the second look. Can we not? All right? We, but we need to counteract that with good seed. Very good seed. And yet people say, oh, pastor, it's okay. You know, this is what young people think. I got it, pastor. I can handle this. It won't affect me. Proverbs 4, my son, attend unto my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Write them in the midst of your heart. 
for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. What you put in your life is going to spring out. And then lastly, Proverbs says, put away from you deceitful lips and keep far from you a perverse mouth. Young people, that's what you get caught up with. All your friends, deceitful lips, perverse mouth. It'll mess you up. It's bad seed. Oh, I got it, pastor. I got it. I'm good. I often told my kids, it's what you learn after you know it all that really matters. It's what you learn after you know it all. Even John the Apostle wrote this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I'm giving you truth today. I'm trying to help you today, young people. I'm trying to set you up for success, blessing, good marriage, good family, good health. I think probably the worst thing that this nation of the United States, I love it, it's the greatest nation on the face of the earth, in my humble opinion. But the worst thing about the United States of the world is that it has polluted the whole world with its television and Hollywood movies. That's just what I think. So much pollution has come out of our country, out of Hollywood and TV. And it's terrible and how it's destroyed the morals of our society and the mores are changed and everything else. And, people, and young people don't say, I can handle it, I can handle it. You be careful what you let those eyes see and what those ears come in and go right in your heart. It will pollute you. And you're not, you cannot escape from the law of harvest. You know, like all the violent, I used to love violent movies. Loved violent movies when I was young. And I had a really bit of a temper. <laughs> and someone finally said, don't you think with all the violent movies that you watch it, maybe that's part of the reason why you got a temper. And I, I never thought about it. The seeds. The seeds. I just love it when someone gets shot up. And then the impurity. And the nudity. First it's a little bit of nudity. And then it's adultery. And then it's homosexuality. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And though we walk in this world, we can't necessarily change that stuff. But we can guard ourselves and guard our spouses and guard our families. You got to. And that's one of the reasons why I say use the word of God. It's good seed. Next verse. David knew this in um, Psalm 1, 2. I'll wait for you, Janelle. This is young people, young ladies. Take it serious, all right? Take it serious. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You know what the Lord's been telling me? He's been saying, read the Bible at night, not just the morning, okay? Don't just read your eight chapters read it at night. In his law, he meditates day and night. If you do that, you plant those seeds, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And the blessings, you bring forth fruit, right? Bring forth fruit. In its season, all right. Doesn't mean you're going to get rich every day overnight for the rest of your life. I'm trying to tell my son right now, who just loves what the stock market doing, I'm trying Tell them, you've only been alive 25 years, son. <laughs> the stock market doesn't go like this. It goes like this. There are seasons. Fruit 
in its season. Some are prosperity, some are poverty, but God sees us through. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And here's my favorite part. And whatever he does, whatever she does, you're going to what? The key to prosperity, young people, is right here. Get this seed in your life. Only you can do it. Your parents can't make you do it. Only you can do it. Parents can model it. Next verse. Jesus talked about this in uh, Matthew 13. He said, Another parable Jesus put forth saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed what? Good seed. Good seed. In his field. Guess who the field is? You have the power to sow good seed. You can do it. You can do it and try to stop what happened to others by sowing bad seed. Now, let's get back. Number three, let's get back to Jacob. You reap what you sow. You reap in kind of what you sow. And you will always reap than what you sow. You sow a couple pieces of corn, what do you get? You get you get lots of corn. The blade, the ear, the full ear, you get lots. You sow a few little things of um, watermelons, what do you get? You get watermelon, lots of seeds. It's the law of the harvest. It's for good, it's for bad. You reap more than what you sow all the time. Let me illustrate it. Pharaoh said, I'm tired of all these Israeli babies. They're getting more than us. Throw all the male babies in the Nile. Kill them all. You reap in kind, and you reap more. Did Pharaoh lose his firstborn? Did Pharaoh lose all the firstborn? Did, now let's see if you pay attention. Did Pharaoh lose all the firstborn of all the animals and cattle and goats and sheep and everything? Did Pharaoh lose his whole army of men? Why? You reap more than what you sow. It's, it's just something that we can't escape from. I think of Korah in the Old Testament. Korah was a man who rebelled against Moses. He rebelled against the leadership of Moses, and he caused a split amongst Israel. Thousands of people were killed because of him. And so he, he caused a split in the camp, and God says, you know what? I'm going to split open the earth and swallow up 250 rebellious people. One man caused a split. 250 people died because of that rebellion. You reap more than what you sow. God help us. Amen? This is what happened. This is, you know, sometimes we think, um, it doesn't apply to me, Pastor. It just doesn't apply. Can't you just confess a sin and then you're forgiven of it? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. However, it does not undo the law of harvest. Do you know how many sheep I've pastored that have come to me and argued, no, you're wrong, Pastor. If God forgives me, it nullifies it. I do not reap it back. It's not true. I give you truth, young people. I tell you the truth. It will come back. It will not destroy you. 
It will not destroy you. God's grace will carry you through. But what you reap or what you sow, you, you do reap more. Let, let me talk about the Apostle Paul. I remember the Apostle Paul was a part of the first martyr in the church. Who was the first martyr in the church? Say it. Stephen. He was the first deacon, one of the seven deacons. And so Saul, who became Paul, was there when they stoned him. And then he had a glorious conversion. But do you know what happened later in Paul's life? He got stoned. Not only that, put up the next verse. He reaped a little bit more than stoning. Paul said to the Corinthians, From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times shipwrecked. A night and the day in the deep. I mean, oh, that's reaping more than what you sowed. But it never destroyed them. It won't destroy you. I learned this young, and I said, Lord, help me to quickly reap what I sowed when I'm young. It's harder to reap what you sow when you get older. But Lord, help me to reap what I sowed. Now, sometimes we think, I got away with it. I did something bad. I cheated, I stole, I lied, I did this, I did that, and I got away that God never judged me. I'm good. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Just because God is patient, not wanting that anyone come into judgment, it doesn't mean that you've undone the law of the harvest. Jacob deceived his father. Seven years later it took before it came back, and his father-in-law Laban deceived him. And then another 20 years later, his own children deceived him with Joseph. It, it, it does come back. But sometimes we think, I got away with it. You don't get away with it. You know, you don't get away with it because the Lord disciplines those who he what? Loves. He loves us. I used to get sick and tired of my dad says, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I was young. I was dumb. I didn't understand until I got married and I had kids. And then I realized what he was saying. If your parents discipline you, they love you. Because they don't want you to go off. Next verse, please. Jacob. Jacob says this in the reaping of his deceit. He talks, to his, um, he talks to his wives, and he says, And you know that with all my might I have served your father. Yet your father has what? And changed my wages. It's like, oh, pastor, does it ever stop? Yes, it stops. <laughs> but God did not allow him to hurt me. You can't, you can't forget that, right? No matter what you've done, when you reap it back, it will not hurt you. It will not destroy you. God will give you the grace to get through you. He'll help you. Number four, we end with this. You reap what you sow in life. You reap in kind what you sow. You reap more than what you sow in life. And lastly, you reap in different seasons than when you sow. How many ever worked on a farm? Raise your hand. 
All right, good. How many of you know that when we planted in April, we never dug it up in May to see if it was working? <laughs> you just don't do that. It's the law of the harvest. You reap in different seasons. You plant in the spring, you go through the spring, you go through the summer, and you wait till the harvest, the fall. It's the same with sowing good seeds. If people come to me sometimes, Pastor, I tried doing this and I didn't reap it back. Be patient. Be patient. It takes time. The statute of limitations when you sow good seed doesn't run out. And the statute with bad. What's going on in Washington, D.C. today with the impeachment of our president? Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? I can tell you this. One day it's going to come out. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We're going to find out who's lying in Washington, D.C. All right? You're going to find out. Now, when I was young, I had a weakness. I went down the path of the fool for a while, and thank God for my parents. There's two paths in Proverbs. Everyone is born with a simple mind. Everyone. You either go simple mind scorner and fool, or you go simple mind prudent and wise. There is no other path, all right? The scorner is someone criticizes and mocks and rips apart, and then they start telling lies, and then they become thieves, and then they become murderers, and then they are a fool, all right? I was going down that path, lies. I told you a little while ago how I used to love Kit Kats, used to go into stores and steal Kit Kats. So I was scorning, I was a liar, I was stealing. Thank God my parents caught me, stopped it. But how many know that even though I asked God to forgive me, I set some seeds in motion that I'm going to reap back in kind, I'm going to reap more than I sowed, and I'm going to reap in a different season that I sowed. And so it never killed me. The time I borrowed my sister's bike, went to the arcade, someone stole it. $150 to a 12-year-old was a lot of money. A lot of money. And I thought, well, God, maybe that's it. No, I had other people rip me off. And the Lord says, don't worry about it. It's not going to kill you. You ripped other people off. You lied. You stole. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows that shall he reap. And so now I say, young people, Lord, please let me sow it when I'm young. <laughs> or let me reap it while I'm young. Let me reap it. But help me to sow the good seeds. Jacob thought he escaped the consequences, yet it caught up to him seven years later, 14 years later, 20 years later. His own children deceived him because he sowed that. But God loved Jacob. And my prayer for you young people is this. Sow good seeds while you're young. Sow honor to your mother and father now. So your children will honor you. Disrespect your father and mother now. God help you when you have kids. <laughs> Do not be deceived. Learn what it takes to be a friend. Sow good seeds into friendship. 
Don't take what doesn't belong to you. Honor people you date. Honor the men. Honor the women you date. Don't take people you date from that you shouldn't take from. So everybody's doing it. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Learn from the wisdom I give you. Learn from the mistakes that we've made because we didn't listen to our parents. Sow a good seed. I have a very good name today, my last name, Height. Do you know why I have a good last name? Because of my grandparents. That's why. Grandpa Height. He passed a good name as a chief deacon in the church down to my dad who went into the ministry. And my dad kept that name. And then I inherited that name. So good things for your family names. All right? It's good. We got a lot of families here that have good names. That doesn't come easy. Someone worked hard to have a good name for a family because some families have bad names. But you can change that around by sowing good seeds. Young people, listen to me. Don't do what our culture does and say, oh, just live together. Just live together. Do not mock the covenant of marriage. Sow good seed. Listen to me. Don't do that. It catches up. It catches up. I will not sin against you and lie to you and say, oh, everyone's doing it. It's okay. It catches up. Live right. Buy the truth. Sell it not. Do what you know you have to do and have the favor of God on your life. Sow love, sow faith, sow into your marriage, sow into your children, sow into your family, sow into a good name, and then one day, maybe the greatest honor will come to you saying, that guy, that guy has an amazing testimony. What? What a compliment. That woman, the testimony of the grace of God is because you sowed seed. I want my boys to marry the right woman. We've been praying for 51 years, actually 52, when they were in my wife's womb. We were praying for them. That's what I want to pray. I want to pray that God blesses them. Every parent, young people, wants you to succeed beyond them. But not, it's not just about money. All right? It's not just about having things that it's nice to have. It's about having the blessing of God, the favor of God. I was reading Ecclesiastes this morning. There's one thing under the sun that I don't understand. That man is full of wealth, yet he can't enjoy it. And yet those, his servants and employees, enjoy it more than him. You want to know why some people are full of wealth and they can't enjoy it? Because they never honored God with their They're worried. Who's going to take it? I can't sleep. I can't worry. You don't need to be like that. Now let's close in a word of prayer and then we're going to do something to honor someone today who properly used the laws of the harvest. All right, would you bow your heads, please? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these young people, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would grow in their trust and that you would give them ideas, Lord, of how to sow good seed. Good seed to the church, good seed to their family, good seed in their relationships, and good seed at work and in their neighborhood, good seed even to their health, to their body. And I pray, Lord God, 
that you would let them know that even though all of us have sowed some bad seed that we're not proud about, as followers of Jesus Christ, it will not destroy us. But Lord, you will use it to help us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone here today, Lord, and they're sowing bad seed right now of bitterness and anger and something. I pray, Lord, that you would convict them. And Lord, give them a change of heart. Help them to guard their heart. And Lord, let them, Father, do good to those who persecute him and love their enemies. And Lord, sow good seed. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to...